Hi, and welcome back to the Too Much Lime podcast. I'm Maddie. And I'm Julia. And today we are going to be talking about the relationship between chronic illness and weight. Um, You know, before we start this episode, we want to give a trigger warning to our listeners because we are going to be touching topics of disordered eating and comments on weight, comments on food, relationships to food. And so if you feel in any way uncomfortable or that this episode may be upsetting to you, please don't listen. Don't put yourself in any bad position. And, you know, we'll definitely talk about it on our Instagram as well. And so um, we just wanted to let you guys know. Yeah. So we wanted this to be one of the first episodes that we brought up to you guys in like one of the first topics because weight and chronic illness is are innately tied together. And Julia and I both have personal experiences dealing with, you know, this connection and along with ourselves, but also with close family members and friends and just how damaging comments and ideas and perceptions of weight can really affect uh, the human psyche and your, you know, physical well-being as well as your mental and emotional health. So yeah, I think Julia, you're going to start off. We're going to have just kind of like an organic conversation about this just so that you guys can feel like you are supported and just maybe some of your thoughts will be reflected in what we talk about. Definitely. And as always, if, you know, there's a topic within this that we don't cover, feel free to shoot us an email or message us on Instagram and we'll, you know, definitely revisit it, I'm sure, in the future. But so as Maddie's mentioned, and for those of you who have listened to both Maddie and I's podcast episodes about our personal stories, um, I talk a bit about my experience with weight loss when um, I was taking antibiotics. And so something that happens to a lot of us who have Lyme disease or other chronic illnesses that require heavy-duty antibiotics is that our gut lining gets destroyed from, you know, taking an extreme amount of chemicals into our body. (laughs) And so, you know, I went through a period of nine months that I took anywhere from five to seven extreme antibiotics, and I wasn't taking a probiotic, and I was just, you know, destroying my stomach. And so before I knew it, I had lost... I think it was upwards of 35, 40 pounds. And, you know, I was I was definitely an athletic person and had some strong muscle mass on me, but it was a significant amount of weight loss that occurred. And, you know, the, the scariest part for me personally is that I knew it was happening because, you know, I could look in the mirror and see that I was smaller, but I, you know, I was like, okay, yeah, I've lost a little bit of weight because I'm sick, but you know, it's not doing anything to my body. It's totally fine. Um, And I think that's something that Maddie and I really want to highlight in this episode is that it is so much more damaging to our bodies than we realize. Both of us have been to the same nutrition clinic back home in upstate New York, actually, where they do metabolic testing and essentially analyze how weight loss is affecting your body. And when I went to that clinic I was about 90 pounds, which was extremely underweight for me personally. And I found out that my body was actually eating away at my bones and organs. And if it continued, my organs would probably begin to fail. 
And so, you know, it wasn't until then that I really realized, oh my God, this, this could literally kill me. This is, you know, I think Lyme is very serious, but this is equally as serious. And it was terrifying. And all the while I did have people every once in a while who'd be like, oh my God, you look so good. And yeah. I was like, well, I, I'm dying. Like, I don't look so good. And I'm so grateful that um, a loved one of mine knew this clinic and told me to go to it because it really did probably save my life. And I think that that really started, that kind of woke me up to knowing a bit more about the way that weight loss and, you know, just in general nutrition affects the body. Um, but so now today, Maddie and I both feel a deep, oh, I don't know if triggering is the right word, but if somebody comments on our Instagram or to us in person, it is, it's, we do not tolerate that. You know, I don't care if you think that, you know, because we've lost weight, we look good. Any type of comment, whether it's positive or negative, is it can be damaging. You have no idea what someone's going through. Yeah, and I think that goes for people with illness and chronic illnesses and people without. I mean, you have no idea what's going on behind a closed door, what's going on in someone's mind. And even though you feel like you're being positive and you're saying something that's really helpful and you know, you're know you're trying to give them a compliment, it's so widespread in our society that the way that you compliment someone is on how they look and their outward appearance. And it's just so damaging because it really builds up and it makes you think, you know, okay, somebody tells me I look really good because, and I've lost a lot of weight recently, then I feel as if you start to think, okay, I need to keep at that size because if I don't, then they're, you know, going to think that I don't look good or whatever it is. And I think especially for girls in around college and in high school and things like that, um, you kind of get this whole idea of, and stigma around weight and it becomes very forefront in your mind and there are so many better things that you can talk about and compliment someone on that actually matter about right. you know I think awesome ways to say things are like oh my god you're like you look so radiant today or you're just like you make me so happy you you light up the room like whatever it is something like that talking about character and how like how a loved one or a friend makes you feel is so much better because that's what they're in control of and there's no need to really talk about weight in the same ways right no definitely and i think i mean i think that with social media it's only increased more and more you know there oh, yeah. are now all of these apps where you can like literally edit what you look like and the fact that that's even a thought or that, you know, before you post a picture, you're like, oh, you know, my face looks kind of round in this. Like I have the literal roundest face in the face of the planet. And I remember in high school and I, you know, I tried to, you know, not think about weight, whatever. I, I considered myself like, oh, I would never, you know, think about that. But then at the same time, I would be like, oh, my face looks really round in this picture. Like I wish I could, you know, have thinner face or whatever thinner cheeks you know it, it's just so pervasive oh yeah and 
I actually, so you guys know I wrote a blog and um, I asked a bunch of people about what are the most hurtful things that people say to you in relation to your chronic illness. And I was just kind of trying to compile and was going to write a, a post about, you know, here are hurtful things that you might not even realize are hurtful. Like you think you're being positive or sometimes it's just really hard to know what to say, but, and then, you know, have helpful alternatives so that communication could be better. But I was so incredibly shocked by the number of hurtful comments that the theme was just generally comments about weight. And it was comments similar to, you know, oh my gosh, you look so great. How did you do that? Or you're so skinny. I wish I could be that small or something like, you know, go eat a cheeseburger or like whatever it is. Or, um, I've been told to do that my entire life. Trust me, it's not going to help. Um, right. It sucks to hear that. Yeah. And or like on the other end of the spectrum of like, wow, you look different or, oh, your face is so much fuller or something like that where you're just or I mean, obviously people can be super mean and just be like very blatant about like, oh, you've gained a lot of weight or something like that. But right. with chronic illness, it's so out of our control. Illness in general, you have very little control over what's happening you're trying all of these treatments and a lot of times the treatments are things that cause weight gain or weight loss. So Sim, Julie and I lost a lot of weight when we did our treatments because it hurts your gut lining and things like that and you can't absorb nutrients in the same way even if you're eating the same amount. And then um there's also, you know, things like steroids and other drugs that cause you to gain weight. And so you're trying to just feel better and do the best that you can. And then someone on top commenting on how you look, you're like, how I look is the least of my concerns right now. Right, right. And all you're trying to do is be healthy. And so, you know, if you get those comments in your brain that like, I'm taking a steroid because I feel like shit, but oh my God, you know, it's making me look quote unquote unhealthy because of what society tells us health should look like. You know, you never want to doubt your treatment. Exactly. Especially if it's making you feel better. And then you're sitting there deciding, okay, do I stop taking something that's making me feel better so that I can fit into the norms that people are trying to put me in a box for? And you should never have to make that decision. But it's a, you know, a thought that goes through a ton of people's minds and is super frustrating to have to deal with. Right, right. And it does, I think it goes hand in hand you know, diet culture today and social media culture, body image, everything, you know, wellness culture altogether is very centered around, you know, I woke up, I ate some super healthy breakfast and then I took a run and then I took a walk and then I exercised. And for those of us who are sick, um, oftentimes we can't exercise, you know? Oh yeah. I haven't exercised in like years. (laughs) Exactly. And I remember at first when I first got sick and again, like I had so many bigger issues than this, but I was like, wow, I don't exercise anymore, you know, should I change the way that I eat? Which is horrible, but I thought it because of, you know, that's what society tells us to think. Yeah, it's okay, so I can't I can't run anymore or I can barely do yoga because 90% of the time the deep breathing exercises wear me out. Like I yep. just what what do I change so that I can stay the where that I the way that I am or something like that and when I first went to college is when I first started to get sick. And if I look back now at pictures and stuff, I can see that with Lyme, you have either extreme weight loss or extreme weight gain can be, it can be kind of either end of the spectrum. 
And I started to gain weight because my body was starting to get so inflamed because Lyme causes inflammation. That's what causes all of your symptoms and stuff. And so same thing, like my face gets rounder and I wasn't even gaining a ton of weight, but it's the idea that, you know, oh, in college, like you want to keep off the freshman 15, like don't, you know, don't gain weight, whatever. And it would stress me out. And then I started to get really sick my sophomore year and I was just continuing to gain weight because I was getting, you know, the line was really taking over my body and it was getting worse. But then I was trying to diet and do things that obviously weren't helping because it was had nothing to do with the food intake that I was doing. And so all of a sudden I'm getting all of these thoughts and you're just confused and t- on top yeah. of feeling awful from whatever right. disease that you're trying to fight or illness that you're going through. And so, and then eventually I, you know, I got up to a certain weight and then I started doing all of the treatment and antibiotics. And at right at this point, I'm at like the lowest weight that I've ever been because I'm kind of where you were at, Julia, where like, I'm just not absorbing anything. And so right. the best thing for me to do right now were certain like, um, nutrition shakes that are like easier for my body to process and stuff but get like your calorie and your protein intakes up because my body's like eating away at my muscles and I look like a limp noodle so it's just it's not gonna work and it's so frustrating that comments will still be you know if I put a bathing suit on right now all I would get would be comments about how amazing I looked and right, people would be like, "Oh my god, what's your ab regimen?" It's like, "Well, yeah, I don't like no, no, no. do a crunch." <laughs> and I'm like, "Well, I lay in bed most of the day, so and not much." My stomach is messed up. Like that's, you know what? Do you know what the key to weight loss is? Destroy every other aspect of your body. Yeah, and, then and so yeah, it and it's so frustrating. And I don't want to, you know, people are trying to be nice and they're coming from a good place, but there's just this the comments about weight in our society, whether someone's ill or not ill. And honestly, you don't, invisible illness, you don't even know. Like some people, if I didn't have this podcast and a blog, would probably not know that I was sick. So they would be making these comments to anyone. You have no idea what's going on under the surface. So I just feel like in general, the best thing to do is just kind of go with, nope, like this is just not, like don't comment on it. And instead comment on things that, are about someone's character, someone's smile, someone, the way someone makes you feel. Um, right. Right. And it is true that even I remember when I was at my lowest, I would feel uncomfortable when people would compliment that I looked good because I had lost weight. Like it, it's, it's not a compliment. It, I, I would feel deeply like, oh, I, I just like this deep sense of dread. I remember I would go to the grocery store and I would try to put on like a big sweatshirt or something like that. Like I would feel uncomfortable that people would look at me and, you know, say something or assume something. And, you know, that type, I think that a lot of times weight loss, weight gain, any type of eating disorder or food related issue can be so entrenched in shame and feelings of just discomfort in someone's body and so Mm -hmm. when you when you point that out to someone by making a comment it it does not help their mental health you know and it just amplifies whatever silo type thinking that they their brain has gotten stuck in and a lot of times I think 
I'm glad you brought this up, Julia, because I was thinking about it, you know, eating disorders and stuff. There's nothing to be ashamed about with having an eating disorder. They, like, people, it happens to everyone. It's a very, you know, physiological thing happening in your brain, and you can't just tell someone, you know, like, well, go eat and you'll be fine. And right. You're, that's not going to happen. Like, there are so many, similar to issues like Lyme, there are so many things that are out of your control in fixing that and trying to make yourself better that, you know, you need more professional help and things like that. And that's why I think you have no idea if somebody is struggling from that. Like, I mean, sometimes you might be, you might be able to say, oh, I think that person is struggling with an eating disorder. And when I was younger, I could not put on weight for the life of me. And people used to ask me if I was anorexic or anything like that. I was like, you're all my friends. Like, you see what I eat. Like, I, I don't understand how this is like a question. But yeah. it's not – it was one of those things that I was like ashamed if somebody asked me about. And I think that just goes to show how much shame we all put on eating disorders when they yeah. don't – so many people struggle with them that they don't need to be something that's shameful and trying to – talk about it more and unpack it more hopefully will allow others to feel more comfortable getting any kind of help or support that they could receive in getting better right right I think it's it's so tied I mean in for Maddie and I both personally with our illness we feel shame and it's the same thing I mean it is still something biological like we cannot control what our bodies are doing you know, we can't control Lyme disease. We can't control biology. And the same thing with eating disorder or with any type of mental illness that has this deep feeling of shame, even though it's literally, it's an illness. It is biology. Like you can't affect it. And so, you know, I think just trying to move away from that and I, it's obviously a lot harder to do than it is to say, but, you know, I, I do think that bringing attention to it is really important because, I mean, you might be a young girl who looked on our Instagram and saw two petite women and are like, oh my gosh, they look so good. But that is, that is not the point we're trying to get across. It's the opposite. We don't look good. We are very sick. You know, (laughs) this is something we struggle with. (laughs) We are both literally currently trying to gain weight together at the moment. Like, yeah, we're both like, so what'd you eat today? Are you, you know, like, are you up? Are you getting... (laughs) You making it work and trying to just move forward and it's so hard. And I think when you have a poor stomach lining and you're not absorbing things and nothing's moving through your stomach and whatever it is that Julie and I are dealing with at the moment, like gaining weight is really challenging. And I think there's a belief that gaining weight is not hard. Right. And it's, you know, all you have to do is eat X, Y, and Z and you're going to gain weight. And for some people, that's totally true. For healthy bodies, there are certain things that you can do that will definitely help you gain weight. But right. when you have this degraded stomach and, you know, it just doesn't work, it's so much harder. So, and, or if you have an eating disorder that's making your brain think that certain foods or the certain the way that you eat is not good that it's so much harder than just go eat a cheeseburger so it's so much more complicated and also I have no idea why people always say cheeseburger do they think the cheese is really adding something to it like it's just right also that's just like 
putting chemicals into my body at this point. Like, that's the other thing that I do. <laughs> All jokes aside, I do really want this, like, Maddie and I to talk about um, is the fact, you know, if you're sick, nutrition does come into play to make you feel better. And I am literally studying nutrition right now, but both Maddie and I personally have been to nutrition clinics, have been told, you know, you need to increase this, you know, eat this type of food. And so, you know, that's the up and coming or the increasing amounts of orthorexia and, you know, the obsession with eating quote unquote correct. And so balancing, you know, it's a slippery slope. Like it really is between I have to eat well to fuel my body because I'm sick and obsessing over I have to fuel my body with healthy foods. Yeah. And it's a huge, it's, it can be a real balancing act and trying to make it appropriate for your body is very different than how it's going to be appropriate for somebody else's. But, you know, right now I have like I, a lot of people, especially with Lyme disease, you, a lot of people develop allergies to certain foods and certain foods are more inflammatory. So it's easier to cut back on those and try and lower the inflammation in your body to feel better. So you're, you know, you have these list of foods to avoid and you have these list of foods that, you know, you can eat and things like that. And it seems as you go finding more and more things wrong, the list of foods that you can eat seems to get smaller and it's really hard. And originally, you know, I started a new nutritional regimen in August, I think of 2020. And I've lost weight because I wasn't eating like bad, like things that weren't good for me anymore. And I'm, you know, focusing more on healthier foods that are good for my body type and my illnesses, but you're going to lose weight when that happens. And then you have to try and gain it back, but you can't just go and eat all of the things that were, you know, that you were eating before. You have to try and stay in the bubble, which then makes finding new recipes hard and going out to eat hard because, you know, if Julie and I sat down with a bunch of other friends at a table and post COVID and we could have a nice meal, um, Julie and I would probably be looking at the menu like, so there are three things that we could choose to eat on here. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) If I'm lucky. Yeah. Yeah. If I'm lucky. And then I'm probably going to have to like uh, modify it to the waiter and the waiter's probably going to think yes. that I'm insane. And that, sometimes that can be really stressful and embarrassing. And that comes to the point where you're like, never mind, I'm just going to eat whatever and let it happen. Then I end up feeling horrible for right. three or four days after that. And right. that can be amplified by a comment by the waiter or a comment by a friend sitting across the table who's like, so do you just eat leaves? Like, well, right. no, I don't just eat leaves. I... <laughs> Like, I would like to eat something else, but I will have an immune response to it. (laughs) Yes, I'm going to have an allergic reaction to it, you know, all of these things. And so it's so, it can be a balancing act. And there are definitely times where, you know, I try to make room for myself to have, you know, things that I'm technically not allowed to have because it's not great for my body type. But it can't happen all the time because then I'll feel awful all the time. But I really right. like pizza is one of my favorite things, but I can't have gluten or dairy anymore. And I think vegan cheese is like the most disgusting thing on the planet. So yep. I can't have pizza anymore. 
because I consider cheese to be a very integral part of pizza. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> some people like just the sauce and I, I can't get behind it, but I, I mean, I give them credit for powering through. But um, yeah, no, I like pull the cheese off and like put little dobbles of cheese on mine and I just look like a psychopath. Yeah, you're like, it's fine. So yeah, but then there's times where I'm like, I just really need a piece of pizza. And you know, I have to play on like tomorrow, I'm probably not gonna be able to do anything. But right? this was worth it for me at the time. <laughs> right. And it is like you have to give yourself that, you know, those days where you allow yourself to do that because otherwise I I have had it a couple times and I think it also really ties into um the need for control when your life and your body is literally out of your control and so like for a lot of us with chronic illness or with you know other experiences with you know control issues um you know food is something that is very easy to control and so I have had really hard times with that where I literally cannot control my body. I can't control my mind. I can't control, you know, what's happened to me in the past that causes my brain to be insane. But I can control what I put into my body. Mm-hmm. And so it, it can be such a slippery slope. If I remember I when I first learned that Lyme feeds on sugar, which it does, like, but that doesn't mean that you can never have sugar ever again. But that was really hard for me. There was, you know, a couple months where it was like, I will not eat any sugar. Like I, I can't eat sugar. It's going to make me feel sick. And the one thing I control in my body is like how I can make myself feel sick with food. And I, you know, I was sliding down that, you know, that slippery slope of, of getting too obsessed with that control. And it's really mm-hmm. scary. It is scary. And another thing that I was thinking too is there's always comments about, you know, Julia, you're a nutritionist now, and that's great. I ask Julia for advice all the time about random things, <laughs> and she's very gracious about, you know, this is better for you than this or whatever. But I think there, especially with chronic illness and the whole wellness craze and stuff that has taken over Instagram and things like that, it's very easy to look at someone who's you know, trying to heal themselves in a very natural way, which obviously includes a lot of nutritional based healing and say, you know, feel as if you have to follow that regimen as well, or feel shame if you're eating things that that person has cut out. And there are things that I eat that Julia doesn't eat. And there are things that Julia eats that I don't eat. And it's not, you know, trying to work really hard sometimes with my mind of, oh, well, it's my fault that I'm sick if I'm eating these things because that person is better or healed or whatever, and they didn't eat these things. And everybody is so different. And every healing process and treatment is so different that you don't, there's no one right way to do chronic illness and to treat a disease, even if you have the same one. And there are a lot of different perspectives and approaches that you can try and that's something that I have to remind myself especially with nutrition all the time because there are moments where I feel that shame because I'm still sick and or on days that I don't feel well how do I have the right to complain or continue doing all of these things if I haven't tried cutting xyz out of my diet yet And yes, like there are opportunities to learn and say, oh, maybe that is, you know, 
but it's not just taking everything at face value. It's me doing certain research and understanding, talking with nutritionists and my doctors and understanding, well, this is best for your body. And sometimes when you're as underweight as Julie and I have been in the past, they, doctors will just say, you know, you need to just eat. Like we're going to, you know, lift restriction kind of thing. Like this is, you just need to get enough in your body so that your body can fight for what it's, you know, fight off illness and disease and things like that. And so there are so many different stages, I think, that it can be very easy to compare your stage one to someone's stage 40. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Oh, my gosh. And it is like, you know, just as you just said, like when when I first got sick and I know I'm sure for you, too, I food was like literally the last thing that I was thinking about, like. I lived at home. My parents just like gave me food, but you're, you're so sick. It's like, whatever. I'll just put whatever in my body or I'm just not hungry. And I am like literally a vegetable, but you know, now that I'm slowly feeling a little bit better, it's like, okay, now I can focus on these other aspects of, you know, treating my body and treating the symptoms. But at the same time, you can't, you know, you can't skip a million steps. Like if you are in treatment, with antibiotics, like doing deep breathing isn't going to take the place of your antibiotics, probably. You know, like there are steps like you can't just assume that because you saw, you know, somebody on Instagram who's healthy because they have this magical green smoothie recipe every morning. If you start to drink that, your Lyme disease is going to go away. You know, it might help totally whatever. But, you know, I just think there's so much misinformation and it's really easy to assume that because somebody is healthy or because somebody looks healthy, you need to do exactly what they're doing and then you will magically be healthy. Yeah. And in the end, I think it's just listen to what you feel is right. Do your research, talk to your doctors, because that is tailored specifically to you, not someone who lives 3000 miles away and is doing something that's specific to them it's not necessarily that it's wrong it's just that was best for them and there's something else that's best for me and I continue to struggle with that occasionally with certain modalities of healing especially when you get comments from people about oh you know that's that's killing your body or whatever something like that or they have too that has too many side effects you shouldn't be doing it and it's it's very easy you know it's not only don't comment on weight, but also just be supportive of what paths people are choosing because in their healing because there are so many paths and you can never know exactly what's going on in somebody else's body, what's happening in their doctor's appointments, their scans. I don't really care how well you know them. Their, right. their decisions are made based on what's best for them and what doctors say is best for them. And there can be great times to overlap and share information, but most of the time it needs to be a supportive and effort. And, you know, I'm so glad you're trying this and I really hope that it's working for you and that it ends up exactly. being great. Right. And under the, sorry, my dog is literally right next to me. So if you hear like a weird crying sound, meet Oakley. Um, I, I find that a lot, um, you know, with obviously medical treatments, which is, you know, always speak to your doctor. They know your body the most. Don't listen to Maddie. And like Maddie and I have done X, Y, Z, but that doesn't mean that it's going to work for you. 
Um, and I find that a lot with like the, again, going back to food, the like gluten free trend right now. Um, Mm -hmm. like Maddie and I both don't eat gluten because we're both allergic to it. Like I have celiac disease and I think Maddie, you're just straight allergic to it too. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it's bad for our immune system and our immune system cannot take a hit right now. But then, you know, the last thing we need is to take another hit. (laughs) Exactly. Like, you know, if cutting out gluten will literally make me feel better and build up my immune system, I will do it. But, you know, if you go on to Instagram to like any food Instagrams, which like I love getting recipes from food Instagrams, no shame at them. I love them. But oh, yeah, especially you when see, you have limited options and you're needing some inspiration. Totally. Oh, my God. And they're always so pretty. Um, and you see somebody who, you know, they are gluten free. And again, that's because of their body. That's because of X, Y, Z. And you're like, oh, my gosh, then I need to be gluten free to, you know, be healthy. Like gluten free bread is less healthy than regular bread like I always feel like I'm explaining this to people like if you don't need to be gluten free do not be gluten free like just because it looks like on Instagram for instance you know everybody I feel like is gluten free right now just because it's like the thing to do I'm like that like that is a medical allergy like there's a difference between cutting it out for funsies and being allergic to it Oh, and yeah. I feel and like a Julie lot of people I, slide down that. Yeah. And we were talking yesterday, even think about the keto diet oh, and how yes. doctors, I mean, that was originally created for treating uh, pediatric epilepsy. epilepsy. And yeah. I have epilepsy. It has not been brought up as something that I should try. But when I originally started Lyme treatment, it was brought up as something that I should try because it cuts down on sugar and things that Lyme feeds on and whatnot. But right. I think the, the keto diet has gotten to a place where it can be really helpful for certain illnesses and certain treatments, but it's not super healthy to do just because you want to lose weight or something like that. You know, that's not what it was right. made for. And so right. there are all these things that are being, you know, extrapolated from their original purposes that can end up being really dangerous. So it's right. important that you know, regardless of if you're ill, if you're in the middle, or if you're feeling really great, you're talking about changes in that you want to make in your diet with your doctors, because they'll have the best information about, you know, this is a good thing for you to do. This is not a great thing for you to do. And very specific to who you are as an individual and your past histories and things like that. Right, right. And just kind of assuming, you know, like, oh, I shouldn't eat carbohydrates or something like, you know, what something very basic, you know, that like a low carb diet is used to treat certain diseases. But if you're just, you know, in high school and you read about low carb diets helping you lose weight, that like that might not help you. That might hurt you and make you more sick or make you sick if you weren't even sick. You know, it's just I think it's just it's become an industry like, the, you know, the diet culture industry has become so entrenched in everything around us, whether it's, you know, social media, TV, movies, um, you know, it just becomes normal to think these ways about food, you know, thinking of it as something that should be restricted rather than something that literally gives you the energy to walk up your stairs, you know, like it, 
it's just become so normal and it's it, it hurts so many more people than it helps in thinking about it that way. Absolutely. Even if you're not, even if you don't have a chronic or invisible illness or anything like that. And just something to end on that I think is really important to talk about that we've definitely touched on, but the damage that we're talking about with uh, comments about weight or certain types of restrictive diets and things like that, they're not these imaginary, oh, it'll hurt you a little bit. I won't have as much energy and things like that. Yes, absolutely. That can be the case, but there are really dangerous consequences of restrictions on food and eating and comments that people make about weight and how that can infect someone's psyche and how it can influence their ability to, you know, their relationship with food. And there, you know, it's things like, you know, lack of energy and issues with digestive systems and things like that, all the way to, you know, premature death. And it's really challenging. And there, it's just a big reason why we wanted to bring this up and make sure that, you know, everybody understood that, you know, it's a huge part of chronic illness and it's very challenging and we really do feel you and, you know, we sympathize with you and we're here for you and just understand that the best comments that you can make for someone is that have nothing, has nothing to do with weight. And the best thing that you can do for yourself is do your research and talk to your doctors. And those are things that are going to lead you in more healthy directions. Right. And I think it is so important, you know, in today's society, again, I keep coming back to social media, but I think it's really important. Um, Oh, absolutely. You you see people like whether it's celebrities or Instagram models or TikTok is a thing now, I guess, like whatever it is, um, who look a certain way and you're like, oh, wow, they look really good or I want to look that way. And it's it's become, you know, this idealized way to look. But I think something that Maddie and I really want to stress is that that is so damaging to your body. You know, it it literally eats away. If your body does not have the food that it needs, your body will eat away at your bones and it will eat away at your organs. And as Maddie just said, that that leads to organ failure, lower bone density, osteoporosis, premature death. Like it it is so much more serious than people give it credit for. And you know, we, we want it to be considered as seriously as, you know, something like Lyme disease or something like any of these illnesses that we struggle with, you know, the side of weight loss or eating disorder, you know, these are things that are equally as serious and need to be treated that way. And just in the way that you wouldn't tell Maddie and I, I don't even know, like your illness probably isn't that bad. You should never say to somebody like, you know, oh, your eating disorder isn't that bad. Eat a cheeseburger. Like it, it's, it's not as they're very serious things and they connect to illness. And Julia and I have obviously both have experience with all things like that. But just as easy as it is to have an invisible illness, it's just as easy to have some, you know, things like eating disorders or difficult relationships with food are similarly invisible a lot of times and very challenging to see. And so it's 
something to always keep in your mind that you're thinking about and you're making sure that you're being as strong an advocate and as, you know, supportive of others as you can be in order to, you know, help everyone live the healthiest lives that they can. Yeah. And if, you know, if, if you are somebody who's sick or, you know, for some reason are deciding to focus on your nutrition more, that's great. You know, it, it is something to be important, you know, that's important to your health. Julie is a nutritionist. She's not saying that it's not important. <laughs> <laughs> I promise you, like, I'm not saying like eat trashy food. Like it is important, but, you know, always know that feeding your body is the most important thing and honoring what your body needs and, you know, seeing a professional, you know, not just kind of taking it under your belt. And if you ever feel yourself, you know, sliding down into, you know, you're obsessing about it a little bit more and you're focusing on it more than you have, there is no shame in talking to someone about it or, you know, asking somebody, you know, for help because, it is something that should be talked about and should be embraced in terms of treatment. And if you ever feel yourself, you know, you can talk to Maddie and I, but always feel like that is not something to be ashamed of. You know, it's, it's, it happens to so many people and it, it's so sad and so horrible no matter what the situation, but it is not your fault. It is, it is not something to be ashamed of. It is something to be addressed and, you know, to be helped by a professional. Absolutely. And just kind of bringing it back to chronic illness and what we talk about more here and stuff is, you know, if you have a friend or a family member who is struggling with a chronic illness or you yourself are, and you know, other people who are as well, it's best to stay away from topics about weight because, as I found out through, you know, listening to other people talk about the hurtful comments that they get, the most pervasive thing is comments about weight. And so it's just best to stay away from those because, you know, not even if you know the person's chronically ill, just in general, because the you just don't know what's going on behind a closed door and it's not the most important thing. And you there's not one way to be healthy or to look healthy and, you know, that needs to be more in the forefront of our mind. Definitely. And again, as we mentioned in the beginning, this is something that Maddie and I clearly care very deeply about. And, you know, we'll continue to talk about this. And if you have any, you know, topics that relate to weight or any topics at all that you feel like you want us to talk more about or touch more on, please feel free to reach out. And, you know, one last thing is always Maddie and I are not medical professionals, even though the two of us have undergone specific treatments, we always do so under the care of a doctor or under the care of a practitioner. And, you know, please don't take anything that we say as medical advice. Always seek out help and professionals (laughs) to understand what's going on for you personally, because what works for me doesn't work for Maddie and what works for Maddie might not work for you. Yeah, absolutely. So 
We will be back in a couple weeks and we are going to bring a new topic to you guys. So definitely let us know what you want to hear about. We have some ideas, but we'd love to hear from you as well. So we will catch you next time on Too Much Lime.